It's longer time. Yay! Yay. Lager Time, Poems, Stories and Thoughts By me, Paul Cree Who else? Yep Greetings, bonjour, what's happening? Welcome to Lager Time Stories, Poems, Beats, Bars and a bit of banter So I'm recording this a bit early this week it's currently Thursday morning, I'm still in Plumstead, hoping to head back to Kent next week where I've got my semi-decent recording set up. Tomorrow morning, I'm off up to Scotland, Kilmarnock to be precise, for my sister's wedding. All over the gaff mate, I miss my bed and I miss the mess of my office slash studio, which I this morning have unofficially named the de facto studio. As unlike the rest of the house, my wife has no jurisdiction in there, though that is perennially under threat. York was a lovely city, hope one day to visit there again. Was at my mate's wedding, situated in what I believe was a 15th century guild hall or some sort. Read the poem for the couple, put away a few lagers, had a bit of a dance and caught up with some old mates. It was a good crack. Funny story happened on my way up there. I'm on the train to St Pancras from Plumstead. I was looking at my Twitter feed at a bit of Millwall news and was just constructing something witty to send to my mate Leeds who supports Leeds but lives in Sheffield. Millwall were playing Sheffield United away that Saturday. I look up, notice an older geezer with grey hair in a pair of Millwall shorts standing by the door. A nice little coincidence and I give him the nod, as you do. Not that he noticed. But then I noticed he's in a matching black top. He's got a training kit on. Then I noticed the very tall younger man next to him is wearing the same training kit. And I realised that it's Juicy Jake Cooper. And next to him is Scott Malone. And then I noticed a tuft of blonde hair sitting on the luggage rack. And yes, you guessed it, it's Billy Mitchell. As we roll into St Pancras, the whole entire first team, minus injuries and suspensions, hold tight Tom Bradshaw, appear from first class. The whole entire Millwall squad was on my train. I felt giddy. I genuinely didn't know what to do. A thousand things were flashing through my mind and yet I was simultaneously stupefied. As I got off, I managed to muster a few words to Isaac Alafe about getting three points, but I don't think he understood me. I was walking amongst them, up into the concourse having a mild panic attack. I somehow wound up behind the manager, Gary Rowett, as I went through the barriers and managed to muster some feeble words about being a fan and wishing them the best of luck. He was really nice and said thank you, and off they went into St Pancras as I made my way to King's Cross, completely overwhelmed, like a 10 year old girl at a Take That concert in 1993. As they slowly disappeared into the station, they must have encountered another Millwall fan, clearly not as affected as I was, as I heard a big <laughs> which brought me back to earth a bit, and made me smile. True story. 
I'm sure you all know, but Millwall lost 2-0 by the way. I did feel a tinge of guilt and wondered if I somehow affected them, but I very much doubt it. Anyway, was back to Earth Monday, performing with the Beatbox Academy at the pretty cool Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. It was like being on centre court at Wimbledon. It was packed and a lot of fun. Loved it, mate, and a great way for the Frankenstein tour to go out with a bang. I may or may not get around to doing one of these next Friday as I'm in the Isle of Wight with Dream Arts on a residential trip. But hopefully I can sort something out. Gonna give you the third track from the 96 EP called None to Run about going to an under 18s event which was a big deal back then. Aside from the launch event I've never performed this piece yet I spent a long time writing it. There was a second part which I wrote but never used about making my way home on the train and trying not to get rubbed. This was a regular recurrence, which is partly where the name came from, as one time the guard locked the door between the carriages and hid in his guard room. It could be pretty harrowing, big crews just sweeping the train of all these teenagers taking everything. I remember once they even took a guy's shoes. Anyway, there's still a few CDs left of the EP, or alternatively you can download it from Bandcamp or stream it at all of the major streamers, except for Spotify, dickheads. Have a banging weekend. Peas and taters. Paul. Steam follows me out the bathroom door and into my bedroom like I've just reluctantly walked out onto stars in their eyes. Bright lights in my eyes head down looking at the floor. Tonight, Matthew, I just want to be normal. Close the bedroom door behind me. Tonight's the big one. The under-18s. The getting ready process has just begun. Insert carefully selected CD into the shitbush hi-fi which farts at the first sign of bass. Goldie's timeless. Doubt many others in my class would play this, but they're not in charge of the playlist and music taste is one weirdness I'm not willing to sacrifice tonight. The first track is 20 minutes long. Should be perfect for getting changed to. I once played it to my best mate Richard. He said it was weird. He just doesn't get it. This, from a kid who has that poster on his bedroom wall which he thinks is hilarious of an alien holding a spliff with a caption that says, take me to your dealer. I told Rich he should take it back to Athena. He then said, I didn't get it. There's barely any links left. I've sprayed so much on my skinny body I can taste it on my breath. I've had to open the window. I'm choking. With these braces on my teeth, the act of chewing gum is dangerous could end up looking like a punctured football trapped on top of barbed wire. But maybe those pungent Lynx Africa fumes will keep my breath smelling fragrant and do the job the gum can't. The inner city live vocals kicked in with the drums, contrasting with the garden shed my focus is currently on. Head hanging out the window frame, taking in that complimentary mix of green and brick, gardens and semis, marking the territory of the suburban satellite town that I live in. 
I take a lungful of air and proceed with the process. After spray, apply aftershave, like the lemon sorbet after the posh lunch. You should make an effort with the older toilets, the ladies like it, my older brother often says. I turn my head to look at his bed next to mine, still with that Super Mario duvet cover. Four years older. That 15, that difference is a lifetime. I feel small. My brother is tall and so am I, but only in physical size. He's in the pub tonight. I'm heading to the under-18s phone party with Rich, hopeless with hope that some girls might notice us. Though Rich seems convinced he's going to be snogging a lot of girls tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. My eyes dart to the A5 size mirror on my bedside table, the first of several face checks. Sat next to the rosary I was given for my confirmation just a few weeks before. Sat in its grey furry box, coiled up like a rope on the deck of a ship. It's got this strong smell of roses. I look at it. Feels like it's watching me. Like religious CCTV, my mind immediately conjures up a vision of a security control room in the Vatican. Lots of cardinals and bishops with walkie-talkies and clipboards in full dress, mitre and everything. Staring into monitor screens and taking notes. Avert my eyes back to the task. I hate this bit. Squirt, slap, scrunch up my eyes. The skin on my face stings. My cheeks have gone red. I think I may have overdone it with the aftershave. Again. My sister gave it to me for Christmas. It's called So For Him. So much for what my brother said, this stuff is cheap. In boots it doesn't sit behind the counter in a glass cabinet with all the designer ones. It's on the normal shelf with the links, the cattle class of aftershave, next to those horrible ones my dad uses like Brute and Old Spice that I'm pretty sure you could knock out a herd of wildebeest with, let alone attracting any females. But it's what I've got. My best friend Richard has a selection of expensive smellies purchased in duty free from his many holiday trips with his family abroad. Rich reckons you should slap a little bit under your ballsack. Last time I did that I came up in a rush. I look down at my towel covered waist and I'm thinking no thanks, if I have to do that I'd rather keep my tool under wraps and I spent 45 minutes in the shower so we can't smell that bad. The music has moved into pressure, the third part of track number one, making the mood a little darker. I pick up the tiny A5 mirror from off the bedside cabin and inspect my face again. Open my mouth to see if there's any food stuck in my brace. Check my forehead, just in case those spots have miraculously disappeared. My one and only pair of Calvin Kleins are now being covered up by a pair of pinstripes. So I pull the elastic up slightly on the white boxer shorts. Just enough so about half the name can be seen on my waistline. Just enough to make anyone think that I haven't intentionally done it. In the unlikely event that my shirt will be unbuttoned by anyone other than me. Rich reckons he's already had sex. Twice. Or so he says. I don't know if I'm ready yet, let alone know what to do. My eyes suddenly dart back to the rosary and the grey furry box. It's got this hinged lid that shuts real fast like one of them plants that catch flies. I feel like it's trying to catch my eyes every time I look at it. Like it's got invisible fish hooks which keep digging into my cheeks and pulling me in. I move to the drawer and pull my socks on, then turn my body to the wardrobe. A small bubble of excitement slowly floats up in my belly. I'm ready. Now I know enough to know that I'm no good at maths. In my mock GCSE exam, my mark was ungraded. 
he made me retake it and I failed it again. So I know that I'm no good with numbers. But I do know that the chance of me having any luck tonight, dances, kisses or anything else, based on previous under 18 club nights, parties and booze ups in parks are a best and outside chance. But that's still a chance. And it never stops me hoping. And as the process continues, I open my wardrobe door. I've been waiting all week for this bit. The imaginary dry ice begins to provoke the tear ducts in my eyes. There it is, hung up on the hanger. My ticket to respect and normality. My brand new, only worn once pastel green Ben Sherman shirt. My first ever Ben Sherman shirt. Part earned working my paper round. The other part paid for by mum and dad so I could wear it at my confirmation. It was a special occasion, they said. I slipped my arms into the sleeves, pretending to be like one of them handsome alpha males from the Gillette adverts. This is the special occasion it was meant for. The confirmation was more of a ceremonial duty for my family. I didn't get up at the crack of dawn to ride these leafy streets posting tabloids and broadsheets through doors so I could walk down the centre of a church and get tapped on the forehead by the bishop. Most of my mates don't even go to church. Chin to my chest I gaze down. The Ben Sherman name is embroidered on the pocket. It lacks the little tag on the side which for the trained eye means it's from the cheapest range. It was bought in a Debenhams Blue Cross sale. But I don't care. It's a Ben Sherman. A real Ben Sherman. It's not from a charity shop, it's not a hand-me-down and it's not from Madhouse. My older brother went nuts when he found out, said he was never given anything for his confirmation and that mum and dad were spoiling me. I look at his bed as I finish fastening up the buttons. The little bubble of excitement is temporarily replaced by that guilt, like the limescale lining in the kettle that rarely ever goes away. I turn back to the small mirror and slap on the gel to hold down my French cropped hair. I pick my fringe and inspect my face again. When I get there, I'll probably look like every other white boy in there, perhaps a little more budget, like the Squire versions of those Fender guitars the geeky boys in my class keep talking about. Regardless, this Ben Sherman means I'm competing. Rich will probably wear his Tommy Hilfiger shirt and Ralph jacket, but I don't care. I've got a Ben Sherman and I earned it. Timeless fades out on a CD and I switch it off. One last look in the mirror, and then touch the rosary in the box. Who knows, maybe I'm not being watched. Maybe it's all just in my head. I go downstairs, slip my feet into my school shoes, phone Richard on the house phone, telling him I'm leaving him to meet me at the station. He reckons he's got a fake ID so we can get booze from the offie. Grab my jacket, Say goodbye to my parents, open the door and head out to catch the train. It's longer time. Yay! Longer time. Poems, stories and thoughts. By me, Paul Cree. Who else?